Amazon can can basically establish their own carrier service, I really don't think that they're gonna stop there. No, I, I agree. I think that just like any business, I mean, for every person that owns a business out there and every entrepreneur, you have to think about, hey, when you are doing anything in your business, any type of relationship you have, you have to ask yourself, is this relationship good? Hi, I'm Terrell Turner. And I'm Lola Turner. And you are listening to the Business Talk Library podcast. And we have a great show because we're going to be talking about some topics that are big in business as well as big for your business. We're going to be talking about FedEx versus Amazon, the end of that love affair. And we're going to be talking about AI frustration and how it's an advantage for you as a business owner. We're also going to talk about Walgreens and Pizza Hut. What the heck is going on with them? We're also going to talk about Facebook ads. They are changing. So if you advertise there, you want to pay attention. And then we're also going to hit ideas that every intern should be using now that their internship is over. And lastly, we're going to talk about a crazy business idea from Jen Glenn. Hey, and now, welcome to the Business Talk Library. Welcome to the Business Talk Library, the place where business makes sense. The love affair is over. What's going on there? Yeah, so FedEx actually recently announced that they're going to be breaking up with Amazon. It's not me, it's you situation. My response to that was, it's not really a big deal. It doesn't really hurt FedEx. FedEx is, Amazon is about 1% from what I saw, 1% of Amazon sale. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it, the, the account, the Amazon account compared to all of FedEx's business is not that big. Right. And I think one of the big things that stands out really is that now Amazon is going to have to find some way to get their packages delivered because, you know, how are you going to find another company like FedEx that has the ability to meet the, whether it's the two-day delivery or whether it's the same-day delivery. And I mean, at the time, I'm not sure if the U.S. Postal Service can do it. So I think really people are saying that, hey, FedEx is, is, is going to be in a tight spot. But I really think, hey, Amazon might have a challenge on their hands. Right. And I think Amazon is, I think they actually announced, I think what prompted, from what I read, I think what prompted the move of FedEx was actually Amazon announcing that they were also exploring, I guess, delivery channels to, I guess, be their own logistics and delivery company. And I think the challenge there is that FedEx realized that Amazon was pretty much copying some of their logistics and delivery methods. So I think for FedEx best interest, I think it is best to move out of that market, especially if it's only 1% of their total sales and really focus on on, you know, improving their delivery chain. Because one of the things that I thought about when I saw that is Amazon could possibly expand from just delivering your products to, hey, not just people that order stuff on Amazon, but hey, also coming for FedEx. Now, it might sound like a stretch, but if Amazon can, can basically establish their own carrier service, I really don't think that they're going to stop there. No, I, I agree. I think that just like any business, I mean, for every person that owns a business out there and every entrepreneur have to think about, hey, when you are doing anything in your business, any type of relationship you have, you have to ask yourself, is this relationship good for my business? And I think that's the question that FedEx is asking is, is a relationship with Amazon good for our business, especially if we know that, hey, Amazon's trying to step in our, our field. Amazon is trying to do what we do. So it's like, is it really beneficial for you to like keep that relationship going? Right. 
I think FedEx is making a good decision to say, hey, you know what, instead of trying to go through the pressure of dealing with, hey, trying to keep this relationship with Amazon, we're going to focus on the other parts of it. We're going to focus on the other 98.7% exactly. of our business. Exactly. <laughs> like Amazon isn't everything. And I think a lot of people looking at that may have just thought like, oh my gosh, FedEx is going to be hurting, is going to be hurting bad. But the reality is there's other companies out there that leverage FedEx. So yes. they're not going to be losing out on on sales from Amazon, from Amazon. Now, the one thing that I would say, the point that I would say to take away from that piece was as a business owner, if you deliver or if your products are listed on Amazon, that's something to consider is there may be as, as the, as they pull out of domestic, um, you know, transactions in the U S that may impact hey, the time and the, and the quickness of how quickly your goods are delivered. They may be a premium. You may be getting a, you know, a higher fee, just things to consider when you're thinking about, you know, this move from uh, FedEx and Amazon. Absolutely. Now, next, on to AI. Now, I came across this article, and then it led me to several articles where there's all this conversation going on about AI. And there was this article that started it off where it was saying that AI technology, there's some, I guess you say, evidence or some, I guess you say, conversation that the AI technology is designed to measure and to gauge how frustrated you are as a caller and if you are as a caller and if you reach a certain level of frustration, then your call is automatically escalated. But let's say if you're a person who's a calm talker. You may be upset and you may really want to get, hey, I really want to talk to a talk to somebody. But if you're a calm talker, the AI probably won't recognize it and you'll just be stuck talking to the machine. And they were trying to say, OK, all right, how much of this will customers actually put up with before they say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm done. I'm going to the competitor. What do you think about that topic? Well, personally, I'm one of those people who, when I want to get a hold of someone that actually a real life human being, I will constantly press the, the wrong button. And I'm just like, okay, press six now to, to follow this. I'll just press zero, 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 zero. And then you hear back from, okay, I'm, you know, the AI response will say, I'm not connecting you to a live person. You know, sorry, I couldn't help you. I think it gets frustrating though, especially like you said, if you're a calm talker, but I think that's an advantage for you are more focused on building your business around customer interaction and having that hey call call anytime you need help i'll help you walk through it like for example i you know was at the farmer's market the other day and i ran into a business owner who said hey this is my direct cell phone number if you have any questions with using the product or hey he, he sold me tea and he said, hey, if you have any questions on how to use this, you can call my cell phone directly and just ask for me and I'll walk you through how to do it. I mean, that's not something that's very common, that human live interaction where the business owner is actually available or even just an associate to answer some of the questions that you have. So I think it'll definitely be an advantage for those business owners who can, you know, provide that personal service where you're actually talking to a live human being. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there has been some research that's been or some studies that's been showing that people are starting to prefer or I guess you say switch from the big box companies to smaller businesses because, you know, what they like that personal touch. I mean, when you're shopping at a big business, sometimes, hey, you're just a number or you're just a shopper, exactly. shopper number right. one, five, three, six, seven. Right. Whereas when you go to a smaller business or a local business, you feel like you actually have have a personal relationship and you feel like the people actually know what you care about or they know what you want and they can be a, do a better job of giving you what you actually want. 
Yeah, and I also think it's a good feeling to feel like I can see the people who's who I'm helping, right? So my money being spent in your business is helping you go provide for your family. I think it's a good feeling versus, hey, I'm just putting money in hey, pockets of these people I can't even see. I think it's a more fulfilling feeling when you have that interaction with a live individual. I agree. I agree. Now, the next topic is Walgreens and Pizza Hut. Tell us about that one. So Walgreens recently announced that they're going to be closing, I believe, about 500 stores. And Pizza Hut also recently announced that they're going to be closing 200 stores. And all of those situations have the same common denominator, underperforming stores. And so for me, I think this was an interesting point and a good reminder that as a business owner, you need to remember to continuously innovate. I think Walgreens, I remember for me, when we lived in Chicago, there were just so many Walgreens and, and multiple stops. Yes. And so I think it's as a business owner, when you think about growing your business, and expanding, it's extremely important that you think about the long term, right? Is it sustainable? When I look at opening a new location, is my cost benefit analysis, does it make sense? Is the cost of running this new location more or higher than the benefit of actually keeping it open? So I know from Walgreens case, for example, they were like, I know Walgreens every two blocks, you know, yeah. um, especially in Chicago. So it's like, is it really worth it? Or, you know, could you just have people walk an extra two blocks to get to the Walgreens? And then on the side of Pizza Hut, I would say with them closing to focus more on delivery, I think that's a good strategy. And I think it also reminds you as a business owner to continue innovating. So that was you as a business owner to continue innovating. So that was kind of my takeaway for the business owner on those two topics. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that for any business owner, I mean, a couple of things that you think about, like with Walgreens, um, I remember being in Chicago and every other, it's like every other block you ran into a Walgreens. And I think with as far as we have advanced delivery and people prefer delivery where it's like you don't need as many stores, but you can still get your product to the customers mm -hmm. because now, you know, the customers don't want to come to your store. They actually want you to bring the, the store to them to where you don't need as many physical stores. Now, I think you also have to think about is your product really what people are buying or do people come to your business for the experience? Mm -hmm. Because I know I've talked to some, some of our clients and they've talked about, hey, we want to focus more on delivery. And when you really look at their business and I'm like, well, people really come to your business because they like the experience that you get. Right. Now, it's more on delivery. Will people still get that same experience? Because if the answer is no, then it's just like, hey, maybe focusing as much on delivery for your type of business may or may not be the right answer. But I think, on the other hand, a, a company like Pizza Hut, I mean, people don't really show up to Pizza Hut for the Pizza Hut experience. Definitely I mean, not. They really want the pizza. I mean, and I think pizza in general is just in a... People think about delivery when they think about pizza. Agreed. And I think that by them being able to close some of their stores, what it does on the accounting side is it frees up cash that they can reinvest into other areas of their business versus trying to have all of these different stores open. They can actually say, hey, you know what, maybe we can buy better vehicles to have our pizzas delivered, or maybe we can focus on doing advertisements more. Maybe we can focus on doing other things with the cash versus having these stores that nobody, these stores that nobody is coming to. Right. Agreed. And I think another final point to that is I think oftentimes as a business owner, especially when you have a business that's doing really well, the default is to expand and open a new location. I think that's typically the first go-to option. But what I would say my question would be, in addition to doing the cost benefit analysis, also ask yourself, 
is would it be more valuable for me to really invest in what I currently have now, which is a, whether it's the location or whatever product it is that's successful, would it be more beneficial for me to spend time reinvesting that money back into that location? Or would it be more beneficial for me to take this business somewhere else to a different location and open a store somewhere else? Because you really need to ask yourself, why is that specific location successful, right? Is it successful because of the location? Is it successful because of the brand? And if you move it to one area, it will still, that brand will still continue to speak for itself. So I think it's extremely important to not just think about short term, but also look at the long term of whether that profit have in this current business or current product is sustainable. Agreed, agreed. And speaking of, or comments you mentioned about brand, that brings me to the next topic. And the next topic is about Facebook. Facebook is making some changes in their algorithm. Now, everyone knows that Facebook became very, very bigger news in the last presidential election in the United States, saying that, you know, Russian bots use Facebook to promote different ads or to sway the election. Now, in preparation of elections coming up again, Facebook is making some changes to have their algorithm actually, I guess you say, screen or stop or flag ads that may be politically based. Now, there have been some cases where, you know, it is an algorithm where it's not exactly perfect. So there may be some ads that are not very, not actually politically based, but Facebook does flag the ad. Like, for example, I had an ad flagged. Uh, the ad. Like, for example, I had an ad flagged. Um, you did? Was, <laughs> what, was the, what was the ad for? The, I was trying to run it, and, and it wasn't like I was, I wasn't selling anything. I was actually talking about, like, it was around college graduation with, you know, a lot of students graduating, you know, giving some financial advice about, hey, you know, when it comes down to your loans, something you should do is take advantage of the fact that, hey, now will probably be the least expensive time of your life mm -hmm. is use this time to set a budget, use this time to start making payments on your loans while your expenses are still low, like before you have kids, before you get married, before you buy the big house, before you buy the new car, before life gets more complicated, is just figure out a financial plan so you can help pay off your student loans faster. And Maybe student loans was I the wanted trigger. to, it was because- <laughs> I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> because I got a note from, I got a note from Facebook where, and, and I thought it was a human being on the other end, and, you know, denied and it's been flagged because it contains, I guess I was trying to advertise or sell financial products that are not approved. And I was like, what? Um, and then I, I wrote back like, this ad is not, I'm not selling anything in the ad. I'm just telling people, hey, create a budget because it makes sense to create a budget right. so you can, you know, whether it's paying off your student loans or just saving money, whatever it is you need to do, create a budget so you can have a better plan. And I got the exact same message back when, when it replied. And I was like, oh, there's a machine that's reviewing all these ads. There's a machine that's reviewing the ads and a machine that's replying to you. So I say all that to say, if you're using Facebook to advertise for your business, you have to be a bit mindful that, hey, some of your ads may get blocked if 
the, the I guess you say the AI or the algorithm detects that hey or feels that it is not approved or that hey or feels that it is not approved or it is a politically based so you want to make sure that you're screening your ads that you're making your ads in a way that you can actually get your product in front of people's faces agreed agreed so on to the next topic so what are we what, what are we discussing next Terrell? the next topic is the intern idea now Something I've definitely seen as we come to the end of the summer and the college, I guess, school year is about to start up soon. One of the things that I've seen is that a lot of the interns who just intern at different places around the world or around the country, as they're posting their photos of them with their team or them standing in front of the sign of the business that they interned at, and they're like, hey, I just want to say thank you. It's been a great summer. I'm looking forward to going back to school. And I was like, you know what? That's great. But I'm like, you know what? There's an idea and there's a way to take that to the next level because I think that it is a great, especially students that are actively in school, is to take advantage of this opportunity to use social media to create a bigger brand for themselves. Because while you're posting that, that photo of you in front of the sign and you're thanking people, I think you can also, in that post, not only just thank the people, but hey, list, hey, what are two things that you did or that you accomplished in your job? Because right now, when you're trying to apply for a job, what people want to know is what value are you going to add to my business? Like Correct. if you're a business owner and you're trying to hire someone, you want to know, hey, how is this person going to help my business? Like what are they going to help this business accomplish? Now, as an intern, if you can list out there, hey, these are the things that I did or these are the projects that I worked on and this is what I accomplished during my internship. Other businesses will see that and other hiring managers will see that and people will be like, wow, that person really did a lot as an intern because I remember when I, because I, remember when I worked at General Electric, we had an intern who he, I mean, he hit a huge home run. I mean, he was working on a project that actually I think some managers struggled to actually figure out. But mm -hmm. he was able to figure it out. And it's just like, hey, you did an awesome job for this one company. But I'm like, what if every other company out there knew how great of a job you did here? Then everybody would want you. I mean, it goes back to, like, even when you think about sports, part of the reason that some athletes are highly sought after is because everybody knows what they've accomplished like their stats are public or their highlight reels are public and sometimes when you're working a job people they just don't highlight what they've accomplished and it's like how will other people know what you've accomplished unless you tell them so i think for interns i mean one thing is when they're making their posts to add some some lines in there where they talk about hey the other piece is to actually create a video where they're actually talking about, hey, this is what I accomplished. Hey, I'm very thankful for this internship. I worked at XYZ Place. These are the three things that I did. These are the things that I learned. And then when they post it on, let's say they post it on LinkedIn, they can tag the people that they wanted to thank, which will probably be like their manager or other people that they work beside. The great thing about LinkedIn is when you do that, it will not only show up on your page, but it will show up on their page so people in their network will see like, wow, so-and-so had a great intern. Right. Maybe we should probably call them to come do an internship over here because what it starts to do is it starts to build a bigger professional brand because 
I mean, it's true what they say. I mean, sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I would even take it a step further. It's not even who, who you know, sometimes you know, sometimes it's who knows how good you are. Exactly. And if you don't have a way to tell people, hey, this is what I've done and this is how good I am at doing X, Y, Z, sometimes opportunities will look right past you because you don't have a highlight reel. So I think that that's a great opportunity that a lot of interns can do. And it's very easy because they're very familiar. Most interns, most people who are of intern age are very familiar with social media. Exactly. And I would just say, I guess to round that up is just don't be, don't be ashamed or afraid to put yourself out there. I think there may be a thought, I, I, I guess remembering when I was an intern is just, well, I don't want to come across as being too cocky or I don't want to come across as, you know, being too knowledgeable or maybe what I, I, the project that I did wasn't that great. My advice would be, hey, put it out there. At least you have the confidence to share the great things that you've accomplished and done. And hey, at least it says, hey, this person can do a good job of, of, of summarizing what they learned, what they took away from the experience. And above all, this person is confident enough. And above all, this person is confident enough to be able to express that. So if anything, my advice to interns would be, hey, do it. It doesn't, it's not going to knock points off of you. If anything, just based on what Terrell talked about, it's a great opportunity for you to really learn, start learning how to brand yourself. Because even if you're not graduating that year, you know, the next, the next school year, it's a good opportunity for you to, again, promote yourself for next other internships in the next year. Or if you're, you know, graduating, that's your last year that you're going into, it's a great opportunity for you to set yourself up or, hey, to even create a network with people who may be looking to hire after you're done with school. So always something to think about. You are always selling yourself and you are always marketing yourself. And what better way to do that than with social media? Absolutely. Which brings us to a very last point we're going to make on a crazy business idea. Boom. I was looking through, I, I think it was like Yahoo Finance. And I was looking at just some of the articles and I came across this one article. It is a, the nature of our business. When I saw the title, I was like, oh, that's interesting like I wonder how this is gonna work out and then I started watching a video and then when she started talking my wife came over she was like oh that looks interesting and so I was like man that is a creative idea because the name of her business is bridesmaid for hire and yes. I guess you can figure what the product is and because she talked about how when she was younger there were so many people that were get so many of her friends that were getting married so she was the bridesmaid in a lot of weddings and she had a ton of dresses and she was like you know what it was one weekend where she got in, asked to be in the wet in two weddings in the same weekend same and she day. was like how am I going to figure this out? But she was able to figure it out. And she said, you know what? If I can figure this out, then maybe I can turn it into a business. And she did. And so she is running Bridesmaid for Hire where you can hire her to be a bridesmaid in your wedding. Now, it is now it is to help you with all those things dirty that jobs. bridesmaids don't like doing. Now, I can say I've never been a bridesmaid before. Um... But I can say from the weddings that I have been a part of. He's been a, the husband to a bridesmaid. Yeah, he's been the husband to a bridesmaid. But yeah, no, I think it's a phenomenal idea just from like the weddings that I've seen and the weddings that I've been a part of. Because everyone wants to, I mean, you get your makeup done. You come and you get your makeup done. And plus, in a lot of, a lot of times, you haven't seen the bride for, you know, a year or you haven't seen her in months. So you really want to have this and spend this quality time with her. And sometimes some bridesmaids are perfectly happy to serve 
other bridesmaids are like, well, I just want to be in the moment and I just want to enjoy this with you. So, hey, why not hire a bridesmaid for hire and have them come in, make up the part that was absolutely hilarious to me was the story. Right. So <laughs> we're going to make up we're going to make up a background story of how we met, whether it was, hey, at the gym or like at a yoga class or whatever. And then, hey, I'm going to roll with this class or whatever. And then, hey, I'm going to roll with this and I'm going to help you with all the dirty work. I'm going to help you lift up your dress when you need to pee. I'm going to help you make sure your shoes are clean. I'm going to make sure, you know, you don't have your 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 lipstick in your teeth, all that good stuff, right? I'm going to make sure you look cute the whole evening. I'm going to do the dirty work, right? When you are talking about a Nigerian wedding, I'm going to pick up all the money that goes on the floor, like all those tasks that, hey, I'm a bridesmaid. I'm actually a friend of the bride and I want to have a good time. This is a great opportunity. And I think Miss Jen Clance did a great job of really branding herself and coming up with what we call crazy business ideas. I, I think so. I mean, because I think that there is a lot of opportunity for any business owner to really think through it and say, okay, all right, what problem do people have that they're willing to pay someone to fix? Yes. I mean, and I think that that's the basis of any business. So whenever you're thinking about, hey, I want to start a business or, hey, I want to add a new product or, hey, I want to change problem that people have. And what's a, I guess you say, a cost-effective or a relevant way that I can fix or address that problem? Because fixing problems is these, the, I guess you say, the number one way to create a successful business. Right. And I think it's... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and I think it's always a good idea to test your product. So I think she tested the market by going on Craigslist. This was before she started the company and she put herself out there and said, hey, I'm going to be, this, these are the cities that I'm in. I'm going to be a bridesmaid. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I can offer you. And she kind of tested the market to see if there was a response. And she said in a matter of days, there were hundreds of bridesmaids that were wanting to hire her. And that's what led her to start the company. So my thought would be there's never a cr idea, idea that's too crazy as long as people are willing to pay for it. Absolutely. I say people are willing to pay money to solve their problems. Right. Which means, hey, that's a perfect business opportunity for you. Yeah. So there's opportunity for you. Yeah. So there you have it. This episode of the Business Talk Library podcast. Thank you for listening. And be sure to tune in next time. Take care.